0: Michigan HockeyCast 6.16 sometimes it's just not good enough (laughs) heard rumors that you consider yourself a movie buff. Are these true? Mm, In that area. In that area? Yep. Do you engage with other people about movies and uh, how good they are or that sort of a thing? Is that a thing that you do?
1: Uh, To some degree.
0: Okay. And you have favorite movies and genres? Sure. All right. Is Groundhog Day one of your favorite movies?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say one of my favorites, but it's a good movie.
0: Do you watch it? I've watched it a few times yeah. like is it one of those things that you you bring it up at certain times
1: uh yeah I mean the the lore of the movie is definitely sort of well known and all that, but it's not like an early February must for you i I always put on uh you know you've got me babe every year on Groundhog day like this. <laughs> You know, oh, the song! Yeah, that's... yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that's that's the okay. most reverent I pay. So
0: is that or... is that your favorite part of the movie? Is yeah, like it's or that, the, iconic... the most
1: recognizable yeah. thing is like that. You know,
0: I kind of like the part when like Bill Murray's running around and doing all the good things because he knows when all the bad stuff is going to happen, yeah, yeah. and he just goes. And then it's on the border. It's borderline amusing when he's like then does the opposite and like kidnaps the Groundhog and drives <laughs> off the cliff. Yeah, and... that's a. Uh... I always thought it was kind of a funny movie. It was a very 90s a, movie, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Was it Tawny Phil? Was his name, right? The, yes, the, that's Groundhog. the Groundhog. So when, when I drove to Penn State for the football game this year, I drove by Punxsutawney, and I thought about it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty good.
1: When I, the one thing I'll say about Groundhog Day, the holiday, is that that's like a great holiday if you're a little kid.
0: If you're a little kid? Yeah. Do you even understand it?
1: Yeah, like it's... I, I feel like as an adult, no one really cares that much about Groundhog Day. But as a little kid, it felt like that was one of the biggest days of the year.
0: What? <laughs> that was one of the biggest days of the year yeah, as a like, kid?
1: Like you wake up and you'd have to like be like, what did the groundhog say? And then it's like, oh, six more
0: weeks. Rah! But as a kid, you don't care if there's winter or not. No, it's just
1: uh, those <laughs> kinds of like a hokey folksy
0: holidays. So like, have... don't you think like that used to be more of a thing? Like, if that's not like people don't like pay attention to that anymore. I mean,
1: every year now I see like what the groundhog said, but it, it doesn't feel like it's a big moment in my year.
0: It feels like people used to believe in stuff like that. Maybe. And now I don't even know if, if like I, I never hear it mentioned. Like, maybe you need to like watch Good Morning America. Yeah. In order. No,
1: that's that's the right place for that kind. Or
0: of thing. like a like Regis and Kathy Lee. It's probably not Regis anymore. It's probably not even Kathy Lee anymore. Whatever that show has become. Sure. Ke- Michael and Kelly. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. So, are there things in or times in your life where you felt like you were living the movie?
1: I mean, honestly. The closest thing in recent years has been Michigan softball.
0: Not Michigan basketball this year?
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, Michigan basketball last year was more of it. Like every close game was just like oh, the same thing over. I guess.
0: Game. Now you just expect them this to year, get walloped. This year
1: there aren't even that many close games. Like, it, yeah. it's, last year, every game was close. And, could, and then they lose
0: them yeah, all. Um, well, all right, so go back to your softball thing.
1: I was just for softball last five years, every year it's the same thing. Yeah. And every year it's the same story. I mean, every year it's, oh, we got uh, some good pitching, but we can't hit it all, okay. (laughs) And then the next year it's the same story. I mean, I watched them get eliminated from the tournament for the same reason every single year. Two hits every single year.
0: Yeah. Well, it's starting to feel like that with hockey, or is starting to maybe the not not the right word. Uh, It is it is solidified. Sure. Maybe it just feels like that where. Except for what goes wrong. Like, that seems to change. And, like, we were talking in prep about it and just being like, well, what went wrong this weekend? Well, it was something that had never gone wrong before, but here we are. I guess that's a good transition into starting this. So, sorry, guys, if you tune in just for our opener that goes usually 10 to 15 minutes too long, uh, that's probably not happening today. But I hope you enjoyed the talk about the movie Groundhog Day and you go out and watch it. So Michigan goes to Hockey Valley and, you know, we talked about it last week, like this is a weekend that you need to get six points because they're, they're better than Penn State and Penn State didn't score a goal the previous weekend against Minnesota. And they hadn't necessarily had a ton of success against anyone over the year. They're pretty much stuck in sixth place, right? Like they're not going to get out of that or fall below Ohio State even. So it's just what it is for the rest of the year. And this is a time when you can check your boxes and make up some ground on Minnesota and Notre Dame and then see what you can do the next couple weekends. So Friday, they kind of did, right? I mean, they they came out in the first period. and um, I mean, the first thing we should note is uh, okay, so Draper didn't play. He didn't play all weekend. And from what I hear, which is probably a reliable source that he's probably not going to play for a period of time. A period of time. Um, maybe he'll be back this year. I don't know. But So here we are at 14 forwards and Jackson Hallam, he's done. Draper is uh, close. And so now you're dressing 12. Both Pletsky and Rowe, they played. Which means they had to move Shifsky off the second line, where that second line was actually starting to play pretty well, and he, they're trying him at center uh, on the third or fourth line. I don't know; the, those lines kind of got jumbled with with Draper out. It, it changed, and neither were as effective, I don't think. Uh, anyway, um, but the first period of the first game, let's do, the first minute of the first game was probably is the most exciting minute we've had since maybe the Stonehill series where Michigan actually scores twice in the fir- first minute. The first shift Rucker pokes in a a goal, uh, basically at the far post, they get puck in the zone. It, it bounced around a little bit and he just kind of jams it in far post. And it started very much like, well, this is the Liam Soulier <laughs> that we had come to expect from this, this season.
1: Yeah. I, so I didn't, I had a big family event this weekend. A hootin' nanny? Yeah, something like that. And uh, so I saw most of the Friday game, but I was out at a restaurant. And Saturday I didn't see any of live. But the Friday I turned it on. We got into the restaurant and sat down. Pulled up BTN Plus, and it felt like a Canucks game this season because <laughs> you pull the game up like three minutes in, and it's already two nothing. What?
0: Yeah. <laughs> So they, they get sort of that jam in goal and then like the next shift or the second shift after that they get an ozone face off, it's drawn back and Ernesty cuts in from the boards and just fires a shot that beats Soulier's short side. I thought Soulier probably should've had that. I thought that one was maybe a bad goal. Maybe not as much the Rutger one. But this one was one that it looked like he could see it and you,
1: you generally don't like to get beat clean. And with shots, you know, above the dots.
0: And, like, Ernest is not a... He's not, like, a shooter, right? Not, like, an elite shooter. No, I mean, it's not like he can't score a goal, but, like, you know, if Sam is doing it, you're like, well, okay. Yeah. But that's not Josh Ernest And so it's 2-0. And they actually get a couple more chances right away as... Brindley gets a really good look, and then they go on the power play for too many men for Penn State. So it's just like everything is spiraling for the Ice Lions right away. Um, and they get two bombs, uh, from one from TJ Hughes and one from Rutger. And they, uh, you know it's, it's almost 3 4 nothing right away. Um, and, you know, it's just this is kind of what the team needed and uh, what we sort of expected, I yeah, guess, that to be. So the period kind of goes along and, and slows down a little bit about halfway through. It's about six, three, uh, in shots for Michigan. And, you know, Ernest see, I wrote that he had a pretty good game because he had a, another nice play, like late in the period where he kind of chips a pass off the boards to McGrory. I'm sorry, not McGrory, Estapa going to the net and Estapa can't finish it. But, um, you know, Ernest, one of those guys that like the more that he comes along, uh, the more i think that they're really going to we're going to really like having him because he has a couple of years left and part of his thing was like he had a really good freshman year but it was at a like a lower school and would it translate into like big 10 top 10 level hockey and for the most part it's starting to not at the same rate yet but it looks like he can play
1: yeah i like that you've got some years with Ernesty and Hughes and Shivsky and Moldenauer to kind of see what you can have later on because those guys are all freshmen sophomores this year. Right,
0: so. and those guys don't look like they're going to be like flight risks. No, they're right. Gonna they're be probably going to be here four, year four years, and they're kind of at different uh, like ages yeah. or. Um, eligibilities. Yeah. So it's not you like you're going to get a chunk that just falls off, but you're going to kind of be able to replace that one for one as, as the years go on. Yep. Program guys, as yep. you call them. Right. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the period, Michigan gets their second power play and, um, Almost gets to be a five on three as Brinley's kind of taken down in front of the net. And you kind of get the feeling of like, you know, the refs are like, oh, this is going to go out of, get out of hand. We can't (laughs) go too far with this. Um, But then he gets back up and baseball swings at a puck in the air, misses it. TJ Hughes comes over and grabs it and has a very nice backhand across the slot to the far side or to the near side and Rutger just one times it in inside the post. And that's one that I didn't think Sulier could really do anything with. And that's the Michigan power play we've come to know and love.
1: Yep, nice shot. And then you're kind of in a dangerous spot to some degree up 3-nothing as, you know, against an offensive <laughs> team. Right? You're early in the game and Michigan isn't necessarily the kind of team that slams the door super well. So
0: That's true. But at that point, I mean, Penn State showed.
1: Yeah, Penn State was really on their heels.
0: Very little life at all, and that's so you go into the second period, and um, Penn State has gets a couple of power plays, um, including their second one, which was you know, it was a Warren like cross check after the whistle, where he get like rides up and like hits a guy up high, and you're just like those are the ones that I don't know. We we have different opinions sometimes on contact and post whistle shenanigans and such but like those are the things that are just like there's there there's a thing about you know defending your guys right like oh hey you can't like spray our goalie you can't like take a cheap shot at our player but like standing up for your team or standing up for your guys doesn't necessarily mean putting them on the penalty kill <laughs> Like, that's where I draw the line. I don't really understand that. People get really fired up about it. Like, yeah, all right, now let's go kill this penalty and potentially lose the game.
1: No, I mean, that, yeah, you don't want to be taking penalties like that.
0: Those are, those are penalties that just sort of drive me nuts. But so the puck gets into Penn State's end and they're trying to get out. And Dylan Duke just stick lifts the guy from behind, rips the puck away, skates in, and scores. I didn't call a breakaway because it was still in the defensive zone, but, um, that's just a really nice play by Dylan Duke. He's had a good year. He's scoring goals in a lot of different ways, developing as a player. And and at this point, you know, Michigan's up four <laughs> zero, and it's kind of the theme is continuing. Yeah,
1: I, they were just all over Penn State. Barczewski had that one great pad save
0: early he, in the on the power play. Yeah, yeah, he kicked it
1: out, and otherwise, Penn State wasn't
0: doing a whole lot. Uh, yeah, and you know the the shots, honestly, like I have written down at, at halftime of the game are are it was four nothing Michigan and shots are sixteen to twelve Penn State, so it's not like Michigan's like blitzkrieging them. Yeah, well, I mean, Penn State, we know what they are.
1: Yeah, right. Like they're,
0: they're just gonna shoot. They're,
1: yeah, their sh- their shots aren't necessarily indicative. Of- uh,
0: the Lions do get on the board though, just after halfway through the entire game, halfway through the second period. Um, the puck stays in the zone for a little while and a pass comes sort of across in front of Barcheski and literally through Steve Holtz's legs and he spins in a full three sixty as he tries to play it. And it was very like All right, like, what is this? We We we, we can't do this. Like this is this is this is just bad defense. Like it that's Barchesky has no chance on yep. this, and he shouldn't, because he's playing the near post, which is where he should be, and the pass should go across, and Steve Holtz should just either use a skate, his stick, something to deflect it. But it can't go through you. No. And it does. Yep. And it's poked in, and it's four to one, and just, uh do you want to try to say his name for me? No. Janiev? I... Is that what I it is? I think it's Janiev. Janiev.
1: That, that was my...
0: He apparently is the... uh shortest player in college hockey for the second year running. They they made a note of that on the broadcast. I think he's like 5'4. But that anyway. was
1: uh wasn't Nathan Gerby
0: 5'4? Nathan Gerby. Wow, there's a name. <laughs> uh yeah, didn't he he was like one of the better players in the country, right? Sabres pick back yeah, in 5'4
1: 176.
0: Back in Wait, which which who are we talking about now? Nathan Gerby. Okay. All right.
1: There's a picture of him with Tyler Myers when they were both on Buffalo. That <laughs> I bet. That's, is is that, he sitting on Tyler Myers' shoulders? That's a great picture.
0: It's like the Ben Braden high school photo. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's 4-1. And even still, you're kind of like, eh. eh. Uh, and then uh, Warren, our little buddy, takes another penalty. And it's – so Michigan's killing their fourth power play, still in the second period. Um and Edwards blocks a shot and is down. And and then it got a little dicey because you're like, okay, this, like we've been here and we can't do this again. And he couldn't put any weight on his skate and needed help getting off the ice. They actually had to blow the whistle to get him off. Um, and he did come back before the end of the period. But again, Michigan pretty good killing that power playoff that they've been really good since, you know, the Stonehill series, which we're just pretending didn't exist for a lot of reasons. Um, but, so, you finish the second period, and it's 4-1, to one, and, you know, this is kind of, like, this is kind of what needed to happen. Like, you can give them a goal, like, that's fine, from a scoreboard standpoint. You don't like the way that it went in, but, like, 4-1 after two.
1: Yeah, Michigan was in a good position. I wasn't feeling great, personally, but...
0: Because you're, like...
1: I mean, we watched this team blow a 4-1 yeah. lead in, like, six minutes against MSU, and Penn State's <laughs> a run-and-gun team. Like, yeah, you gotta prove you can get it to the finish line.
0: Uh, so starting the third, your prediction is, is kind of <laughs> correct as, um, it's sort of just thrown at the net from the side. And this is sort of like, I was watching this game with Peter and and he went back and and looked at it a few times, but it looks like it hits Barcheski and then comes off of him, hits Casey and then off of Casey and hits labak in front of him maybe goes like off of his skate or his leg yeah. and in so it's not like even a shot yeah like i w- like we were debating that do you even get a shot for that like does that count as a shot or does the original throw at the net the shot like what happens if the puck just hits you and drops in the net
1: yeah, that's a shot yes
0: okay because it's on goal okay so even though you don't do anything you just it's, redirect it's not it with any your body.
1: different than a deflection Right? It's just it's unintentional so.
0: default. No, I guess that makes sense. But, like, that one I was kind of like, well, whatever. I mean, maybe you don't love a rebound off of Barcheski, but what are you going to do? His job is to make a save. He can't catch every puck. And if it's going to hit two people and go in the net? Yeah, I mean, that's that, that one, one was me?
1: a bigger story of just, like, there's a guy in the crease.
0: Like, he needs to not be there? Yeah. But that's a part of, like, that's where Casey's always going to struggle on right. defense, is he... He can do probably stick work and and such, but is he ever going to move a guy like Laubach? Like, probably not.
1: (laughs) That was a goal that was just sort of like, oh boy. Yeah. Two-goal game, a lot of time to go. But I actually thought they did a pretty good job over the next 10 minutes. They got a lot of offense. They had a lot of chances to get that fifth goal. I think they hit the iron at one point. Yeah. It just felt like they were right on the cusp of putting it away.
0: Well, and they had a power play that yep. they didn't score on. They had a breakaway from Moldenauer. He had a chance, just waited a little bit too long. Then Penn State gets a power play that they kill off. So they've killed off like five. Yeah. So, I mean, they've done a good job. And then you just get kind of a a, a poor play, I think. I'm, I tend to blame Rutger for this, but he tries to backhand flip a, a pass across the neutral zone, and it's intercepted, and you get a rush going into Michigan's end, and it's two-on-one sort of... And then Truscott tries to get over. Um, you know, I said he had bad gap control, but like I, you know, now I, I'm looking at it again. It, it doesn't seem like he, I think he thinks it's a two on one and he's not sure if Luca's going to get back. And so he's playing deeper to kind of take away the pass. And then he does see Luca getting back into the play, slides over to block the shot, but he might be screening Barcheski on that when he does. To me,
1: this is the issue I think Michigan has sometimes in this play in general is situational hockey. And you're up four, four minutes to go. You're up
0: two. Yeah. Why are we? Why are you backhanding across you, the neutral you're, zone? You're
1: running your normal offense, right? A guy comes in, curls high, backhand flip, defenseman slides down. You, the, the Harlem Globetrotter stuff to create goals. Yeah. But it can work a number of the times, but it's four minutes to go dump that puck in, and let's... Go get your change. Dump it in, send four checkers in, and stay disciplined in the neutral zone. Like, four minutes to go, you cannot be giving up rush chances against when you're up two with four minutes to go. Like, It's just know where you are in the game.
0: Yeah, and that's probably one of the things about...
1: Because Lucas back-checking, but at at the beginning, it is a two-on-run rush, and he does his best to try to get back into the play, but, I mean, again, you just can't be giving up those kind well, this is when it's time to put the game and away. And
0: he might have even been the intended pass recipient. He was. Yeah. <laughs> so at that point you're going forward. Although, you know, maybe you don't go forward, right? Maybe you just sit and yeah. tell Rutger, like, sorry guy, if you're gonna turn that over, we're gonna have two guys back in the zone. <laughs> <laughs> so So it go the shot goes in, it's four to three, and Penn State pulls their goalie with two to go, and you're like, Well, seen this movie before. And it doesn't happen. Uh, Michigan does get a clear, and they actually get a pinball goal of their end where uh, Brinley gets credited with it because he fires it off of a Penn State defenseman who essentially puts it in the net. Because I don't think Brinley's chance was on net. It was on Penn State player. Well, they had been
1: digging around a little bit for yeah. a little bit there and then finally got the right bounce to put that one
0: in. Bouquat, I believe scored on himself and so it was five to three at that point the game was pretty much done and Michigan did get their three points on Friday that they set out to do uh it got a little dicey of in the third and honestly you know they hadn't scored a goal in the better part of two periods against a team one of the things I said in in their breakdown was that like you know did they shoot the puck enough like part of what we talked about with Soulier is like this guy's not having a good year no, And they ended up with, I think, maybe 30-ish shot 20, 28 shots, 29 shots. I said I'd like that to be higher, 35 to 40, just because I don't think you need as quality a chances against, say, Penn State because their goalie and defense are not as good. Yeah. As I turned out to be wrong the next day, but on that particular night, or at least going into that weekend, you kind of just sit there and you're like, I mean, this guy's struggling as much as anyone in the country, and this is not a defensive-oriented team. I think that volume sort of wins out here.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is, to some degree, some of the issue we see Michigan have is that, you know, they look for these super high-skill plays. Yeah. And sometimes struggle to just make a little simpler plays, to just put pressure on opposing goalies and um, some of the plays you need to win games. Kind
0: of and, like knowing the contextually, yeah. like you said, like where you are in the game and what's happening. And they're always
1: looking for the A-plus chance, and sometimes you can get A-plus chances by putting C-pucks on net and yeah. going from there.
0: Yeah, that's true. Alright, well, that was the Friday game. We will take a break and come back and finish the round of Groundhog Day weekend.
1: I can't believe I'm doing this. If you
0: find yourself in the penalty box, you want a Michigan man arguing your case, call criminal law attorney and former prosecutor Jonathan Paul tonight. It's 248 924 9458. Or visit his old website at MichiganLawGrad.com.
2: You wired me awake and hit me with a hand of broken nails. You tied my lead and pulled my chain to watch my blood begin to boil. But I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, Gonna break my rustic. cage and run. Too cold to start a fire, I'm burning diesel,
0: burning dinosaur bones. Alright, we've talked about the positive game. Uh, this one, that's as much. Uh, But that's nothing new. If you've been listening to the Hockey Cast at all this year, you were probably anticipating this. Or you've probably looked at the scores before (laughs) listening to this. So Michigan plays on Saturday night. Uh, This one was actually on television, so probably a few more people got to watch it. Um, But it was also early, so I, I was okay with the timing and we weren't having 830 games like we had the previous weekend. But... Um, so you come off of that game and you're like, well, you know, they played well enough. Like, you don't love the third period, but it was, it was acceptable, I guess. It's a road game. Michigan has at times struggled on the road. Mm -hmm. They got the first one, which is what you need when you're going to have a sweep. Um, no changes in the lineup, which looks like that's probably just going to be the case going forward. I mean, we can debate, uh, some of the hero line stuff throughout this game, but um, Penn State comes out a little bit on fire and they, they had controlled the first few minutes, uh, had a bunch of zone time. I think they are up like four or five, nothing in shots. And then their good old defensive friend comes back to haunt them as their defenseman, part like the Red Sea and go to the boards and yep. Dylan Duke hits TJ Hughes right up the middle, walks in and scores and it's one, nothing Michigan. And you're like, Oh, all right. Like that's a fun way to start the game.
1: Yeah, it felt, uh, felt pretty nice.
0: Uh, then they get a three on... Penn State gets a three on two, which basically turns into a two on one. You can kind of categorize it however you want. Um, and you get a really great wraparound save from Barczewski as the guy comes around the net and tries to stuff it in and Barczewski gets over there. Um, I think the thing about Jake has been... I would say the last few weeks, he's made more big time saves than yeah. he probably has before. Like Michigan has maybe been a lit still been loose defensively or in transition. And he's kind of come up big. And I would say that he's playing better or at least um, making, you know, you doing things. He hasn't been as consistent at all year. He's been doing much better at, at those sorts of things lately. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so then, still one nothing, and Penn State gets a power play, and then this one I don't really love. Uh, they score pretty quickly into it within the first 30 seconds or so. It's a shot straight away by Aiden Fink that uh, is deflected in front, um, and then goes. So, I don't know, I'm interested in your take on this, because the shot comes in, you have a guy standing basically in the low slot, Above the crease, and he tips the puck, not drastically, but it does change slight course. And it still hits Barczewski in the chest and drops down, and then the deflector taps the puck in. I think that I put this as much on Casey, who's kind of standing next to him and not really doing a whole lot to bother him. And he's kind of trying to move because, you know, Fink is moving, and so everyone's sort of shifting positions on the penalty kill. But, you know, at some point you do have to get on a guy and you do have to get a stick on a guy and your body on a guy. And Casey doesn't really do that. Do you want Barczewski to like smother this or is it not as big a deal because it's tipped, even though the tip doesn't really change it a whole lot?
1: Ideally you'd like him to be able to catch this one. Um, But a little bit of a tough bounce and, and you got a hungry guy right there on the on the doorstep.
0: I mean, a hungry guy who is being
1: ignored. He's you know gotten behind the de- the defender, and yeah, I mean, ideally you'd like him to to squeeze that.
0: And honestly, this is probably the first power play goal that Michigan's given up in the second half of the season because we're pre- pretending Stonehill doesn't exist. That you're like, all right, that one can be cleaned up. Like the first, there was one against Michigan State. There was one against Wisconsin. Both of those were at least once, if not twice, deflected, both going in. That's the kind of stuff you're like, well, <laughs> welcome to the power play. Yeah. This one is more like, uh, there's some preventative measures that could have been taken. Yeah. So it's 1 1. You one. Um, just don't feel too bad, but a little frustrating the way that one went in. Uh, the f- period was pretty even. You know, Penn State gets a couple more power plays um, and, you know, Michigan does a pretty good job to kill those particular ones off, including a great uh, save from Barcheski, uh, getting a, a leg pad save as he sticks it at his leg all the way out, gets it to the post, makes a really nice play. Um, and, you know, I just thought that their their power play got better after that, which is, which is good. And the power play has been, I'm sorry, their penalty kill has been good for the most part this second half. That one that we just mentioned was sort of the one little blip. But it was a pretty even period, especially given the fact that Michigan was shorthanded about three times. I mean, I think Penn State had a few more shots, but if you look at even strength stuff, I think they were pretty at least even, if not a little bit in Michigan's favor. Yep. So going on to the second period, um, I... Edwards, I th- so he took one of the penalties. Did you see the the middle penalty, the second penalty, where he's clearing out a guy who's standing over the puck and he gets whistled for interference? No, I did not see Like, that. the guy for Penn State is literally standing over the puck as it comes down. Uh, Brian Mack, like, clipped it and, like, responded to one of the calls or one of the tweets that I had and is like, yeah, I, I, I don't know what this is, but it's not <laughs> interference. And so they didn't end up giving up a goal on it, but... Um, so Edwards did take two penalties. One, I guess was BS. The other one was legit. He's, he got beat, but he makes a really nice play. Um, and this is kind of what speed does for you is there's a, a, a lion that's going to come into the zone, basically on a breakaway. And Edwards runs him down off the bench on the long change in the second period and ties him up and he doesn't even get a shot. They don't even really get a very good opportunity on it. And that's just a really nice play from Edwards. Um, you know, we've kind of talked the up and down roller ness of, you know, his second half and the team's second half. But this was a, this was a bright positive for him. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, Brian tweeted <laughs> in this period that, like, this is a very boring hockey game. That's not exactly what he said, but it was what he was basically saying. And Penn State, for the most part, sat back and was not going to be cut open by Michigan's odd man rushes, which they got in the first half, or all their goals or all of their offensive chances, which, you know, were much more dominant in the first game they were going to be defensive and rely on their goaltending and you know if if Penn State says that I'm kind of like yeah okay go ahead well I'm not too concerned but take they, your chances yeah but they executed really really well all game they Michigan got one uh odd man rush it was the breakaway goal in the first opening minutes and they didn't get another one then. And honestly, I didn't think Michigan created a ton of offensive chances. Now, they started to build a little bit as the second period went along. Um, you know, early on it was very not a lot going on, save here, cover there, freeze there, whatever. But you know, nothing that was really great. And like as the period starts to wind down, Nazar gets a chance and then Pletsky gets a chance and you kind of feel the game shifting as Michigan's maybe starting to figure a few things out or Penn state just isn't able to hold it together enough, but still one, one. And then you just kind of get the Michigan breakdown and, you know, trust Scott the puck's in their own zone. He's not really being pressured, throws it up the boards and it doesn't get out and it's kind of knocked down. The puck is reversed a shot goes through some a couple of Michigan players and finds the top corner. And we talked a little bit on the Mgo podcast about it, and everybody was like, you know, that's just kind of a a bit of a fluky goal and lucky and you sometimes you get a seeing-eye goal the way that they did and and that's true. But, you know, I don't know at what point you just you kind of have to say you just need to be sharper and when you're in those kinds of games, you can't afford to have a lazy clear like that.
1: Yep. And, it's yeah, it's a tough, tough play. No doubt about it with uh, that puck just kind of finding its way through traffic. But.
0: Like, if he's being pressured and has a guy on him and he's, like, trying to get it out and doesn't. Okay. Now, Barczewski just kind of lost sight of it. No, no. I meant the the clear. Yeah. trust Truscott. Sure. But that's just. I just feel like in those games, like, you, you can't make yeah, mistakes. He didn't, he didn't
1: get a ton on it. just it.
0: needs to get out. Yep. And the and the truth is is this isn't the NHL. If you fired over the boards, you know what happens in college? Nothing. That is true. If you're if you're trying to get it out in in the NHL, yeah, you have to be more careful for sure. But in college, I don't know. You're late enough in the game there where you can't have a defensive zone turnover and something like this happen. Yeah. Cuz you're not scoring a lot. And so, you know, then it's it's 2 to 1 Penn State. And it just kind of feels like, all right, you know, it's not that Michigan can't come back and score two goals in a period. We've seen that happen. We've, in fact, seen them score two goals in a minute (laughs) in this series. But just the same things that just kind of go wrong. And there you go. So going into the third, it's just like, okay, this is it you're going to like let this one get away in the third period. And Michigan kind of comes out on fire and, and Rutger has a really good chance, but he, he can't get it away. And then you get sort of a, a transition opportunity, a three on three where with the hero line and Brinley flips it to Naser sort of at a diagonal leading pass. Frank runs it down, recovers it and just snipes one by Sulier It's just a really nice play. And it's kind of what this line and the team needed is. All right. It's, time to get back in the game and they needed to make a play. And they did.
1: Yeah. And this was really a situation where you kind of say, okay, this is, this is the biggest little stretch of the season, right? Yeah. You tie the game. It's two, two, you need a sweep here. And can you get it done?
0: And then not too long after that, you just get a harmless shot from Penn state where guys along the boards coming in, not really a dangerous chance or anything, fires it on net, Barczewski's falling outside his post to the corner and it hits him and he doesn't, he doesn't like absorb it, which is kind of fine because if he drops the the rebound to his right side towards the corner, you're kind of okay with that because that's where he's going. That's where the momentum of the players are going, but he somehow is falling to the right and it hits him and the puck bounces back to the left. And right in front of the open goal. And that's bad enough. But Jacob Truscott, who is in good position, coming back into his zone, has Dowiak lined up. And Dowiak just goes around him, wins the race to the puck, and knocks it in the net. And Truscott is late. And so you get a goalie breakdown of a bad rebound. Probably, that's probably one of the worst goals he's given up all year. And the reason I say that is because it doesn't happen very often. The goals that he usually gives up are are goals you're like, well, that was a really good chance and he just didn't make the save. This is one that he kind of gave away. But then, you know, Truscott has a chance to bail his goalie out and make a hero defensive play, but he doesn't do that either.
1: Yeah, I mean... One of the questions, though, with Triscott on this play, I don't know, maybe it's tough because Holtz is, on one hand, you look at his position, you say, okay, he's in a decent spot to get what should be the rebound. The rebound, if there's going to be one, should be in the corner, and he's going to be in the corner to get it. On the other hand, Holtz is already out wide, so as the other defenseman, you probably want him a little more to the middle. I'm not sure exactly uh, on this one, but that rebound is real bad.
0: Yeah, the rebound is bad, and then there's no clearing of it and it just feels like it's just a breakdown across the board and the dumb thing is like that's not how Michigan has like <laughs> lost the game yet this year is on a play like that yeah it's usually on a oh I just fell down or passed it to a guy in front it's not on a wow that's a really bad rebound and then no one went and got it yep yeah. and it's three to two and and that's just kind of like all right well at that point they can come back into it but It just felt like even if they tied it, something was going to (laughs) happen again and they were going to lose four to three instead of three to two. Um, And Michigan actually does get their first power play. So here's the thing is like Penn state gets all those early power plays. And I think at least one or two of them were legit, but Michigan didn't get one until well into the third period in a game that they're, probably more talented than their opposition. I guess they probably didn't play as well. So maybe you can say they didn't draw any penalties. Um, but it's it's just a weird spot to be in for Michigan to not get a power play for two and a half periods.
1: It's weird, but it does go back to what we talked about at times in the past this season. Uh, it hadn't been as big of a storyline you know, recently, but... We did that whole thing about five-on-five on five scoring once upon a time. Yeah, And as much as you want to say, why aren't we getting a power play, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes it happens. Yeah, Sometimes it just happens. And there have been signs this season that they were potentially not the best set up to deal with those kinds of games where you don't get power
0: plays. That is true. Um, so they do get their power play. And I actually think it, Goes really well. They don't get a goal, but they they run it pretty well. They start with their second unit and basically set thirty to forty seconds on fire. But you know McGrawardy's pulled down to start the, or to initiate the penalty, so it's not surprising that they would sit those guys and then bring out the second unit for a short period of time. But once they get their top unit on actually looks really good and they get about three really good chances. They, they took a couple of bad shots early and wasted a little bit, but then you get Rutger has three really good chances and he has a great shot that's going to go in, but Soulier makes a great blocker saved and deflects it to the corner. The next time he gets Rutger is alone with Soulier and walks in on him, tries to make a move. Can't finish it five hole. And then the third one, he gets a shot off and it hits the post. Yep. And you're like, if you get those three <laughs> shots on a power play, and all of them are open for a good goal scorer and a good shooter and a guy who can make moves, I mean, I'll take that every single power play. Yeah, they just they didn't go in.
1: Nope. Sometimes that's the way it goes.
0: Yeah. Um. So you're getting into the back half, and um, you know, then we get <laughs> then we get the interesting part where. Uh, Philippe Point gets kind of hit in the head by a guy and goes down and they review it because Michigan challenges for a major and they're successful. So Michigan is there's like I, what was there like it was under 10 minutes ago and they're going to have a power play. For five minutes, all you can eat with a chance to tie it and then take the lead. And with the way the Michigan's power play has been going this season and Penn State has not been great on the kill and their goalie has been leaky, like getting two goals in five minutes on the Michigan's power play is not, would not be unheard of. So they're going to get, they're getting close to starting play again and Penn State decides to challenge and they challenge. A stop is hit on Janev. And that also gets called as a major. So you get matching five minute majors, which I don't think I've ever seen before, at the same time on different reviews in the same review period. And did you did you see either of the hits? Do you have an opinion no, on, I, on I, if either
1: no, I haven't gotten back gone back and
0: looked at them yet. The first one was definitely a hit to the head on, on the point. Um but it did seem kind of soft. And uh you know, he's wearing a cage and he gets hit in the mask and it was I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a call. It it might be in the Big Ten. The second one is, you know, stop is a large man and he hits Degeniev and it's tough to tell if he hits the head. There's definitely I've heard people say, Oh he definitely did and other people are like, there's no way he get he hit the head his head snaps back, whether it's from like a glancing blow or because he hits him in the chest because he's a small person and you got rocked by a large man. But so now you just have, you just get two five minute majors on the same play. Like, what is this? What are we watching? Uh, That can't happen. Can it?
1: Long time listeners of the hockey cast will be familiar with my general takes on this kind of stuff. I mean, uh... College hockey is a terrible product. It's a Mickey Mouse league, and in general, if I was advising new people, I would not advise them to watch this sport. Like honestly, <laughs> <laughs>
0: even if it means that you know we don't get more money <laughs> this or
1: this is a, sponsors or anything, five minute major should not be challengeable. Yeah, the head nonsense should not be. This should not be part of the game. This is a terrible product. Yeah, you can find these kinds of hits all over the game at any time it's I mean these are like it's like it's a bailout yes it's like a nullify card like yeah. oh I just found and it's so antithetical to the way hockey is refereed in yeah. general, right like you think about yeah. the NHL in general that their whole thing is like we let 15 things go and then call a few just to even it out yeah. but if you give teams the ability to say was this a penalty a hundred things are penalties <laughs> right like it's like calling holding it's like in college basketball or in any level of basketball if you were just like oh i would like to take this three the opponent just had off the board by challenging was there a reach-in on this play like 90 seconds ago of course there was (laughs) there's fouls happening in basketball all the time that are not called because the game would be unwatchable if you called everything that's like how it works you have to filter out and not call some stuff and in general, if a major is not seen on the ice, it's not a major. Yeah. That's, that's just been, a general rule. Like,
0: when a major's called in the NHL, it's because everyone goes, ooh, and you watch it.
1: Yes. If, if a major is called in the NHL, it's a guy who's laying dead on the ice, <laughs> like unconscious. I mean, it, and we can argue that they should tighten some things up and blah, blah, blah. But, again...
0: But not to this level. No, Yeah. So you get... I don't even know if they played four on four. It might have even just been five on five. And then um, Lapointe is called for a slash, and Penn State gets a power play. And uh, Barczeski makes a really nice diving save to to keep the puck out. They you know they don't convert on it. Michigan does kill three more penalty three penalties after that first initial goal. So they're they're they penalty kill is, again back to being very very good, especially in the last month plus, um, but. You know, they just couldn't just couldn't get one. Yeah. And you know, they had a look from Tyler Duke to Shivsky in front, but Soulier was there and um and then eventually pulled the a goalie and the empty netter goes in, it's four to two and it just feels like, you know, something kind of always goes wrong. And one of those things that's interesting is like, you know, there were very few Seamus Casey moments. Like we're used to seeing him just kind of take over games at times and and shifts and get into the zone and create, you know, Steve Nash style where he's just spinning, looking, finding passing lanes, hitting another guy, getting a chance, resetting and, and dishing again. And he had a couple of those on Saturday. I'm not saying he didn't have any, but for overall for the weekend, I thought it was not his best offensive performance and without that, you know, Michigan really struggled to create a lot, especially on Saturday.
1: Yeah, he's one of their biggest creative engines and when you don't have that necessarily going, uh, then you're gonna be gonna be in some trouble.
0: So four two and a split and you know, Michigan has dropped to what, sixteenth in pairwise, which is at least two spots out of uh the the safe zone. Yep. And, you know, they have Notre Dame coming in next weekend. They go to Minnesota. They're going to have, you know, a first round Big Ten series. It looks like right now they're at least going to have to win that series, whether it's at home or on the road in the Big Ten, first Big Ten tournament. They may have to win this, the semifinal depending on how the next two weeks go. But, you know, you were looking at, well, they're going to be in the tournament and oh, maybe they could creep up and grab a nicer seed to now blowing a number of games in the last few weeks the last couple weeks, that, you know, there there's a real possibility this team misses the tournament.
1: Yeah. The prior pairwise probability matrix has them down to 34%, so it's a more likely outcome than not. Yeah. Um, there is the path. I know that if they win three of their last four in the regular season, then they kind of jump back into the picture is my understanding.
0: Could be. Um, and, like, look, this team is not – untalented enough to do so. They could sweep Notre Dame or they could sweep Minnesota. They could sweep them both. They could also go one and three or roll in four. I, I doubt that's going to happen. I would expect probably splits at a minimum with those teams. Cause I don't think either of those teams are great. And I think that Michigan's good enough and will have enough sense of urgency, at least one of the nights. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the, the outcome is 50, yeah. 50 because that was what we've seen. But, um, you know, it's just—it's just not good enough. Nope. Not with—not with this amount of talent. Not with these players. Not with—you know—the expectations that have been set now.
1: We reestablished expectations over the past few years, getting yep. into the tournament a few years in a row there, and
0: well, you go back to back Frozen Fours as yep. one seeds with legit shots to win a national title, and like missing the tournament with—you know what? three for two first rounders three first rounders a couple of second rounders a third rounder like defensive depth that no freshman on defense I don't know I just you know I just think that can't
1: happen I I think it is a, an extremely disappointing situation um I don't think there's any way around that and to me I told you this before the show but to me the team this kind of reminds me of Uh, is what the Penguins are right now in the NHL. Yeah. Where it's like, if you pull up the underlying numbers, their expected goals for all this stuff, it's like Penguins are top five, top six, top seven team in the league. And right now they're not in the playoff picture and probably won't be. Maybe they'll mount a charge, but I've been waiting for that for two months now and it's not happening. And maybe they'll trade Jake Gensel. We'll see how kind of, you know, kind of how it goes. Um, But it's just sort of this thing of like, The Pittsburgh Penguins this season have good players. They win territorial battles. They outshoot opponents. They have a good goal differential, blah, blah, blah. They don't win games. (laughs) They don't actually win the games that you need, and that's just kind of what this feels like. It's not like this is... I mean, Michigan has some good players. They... I know all year there's been some murmurs about how their underlying numbers look pretty good, it, you know, the, the private data and things of that nature. Um, but again, it hasn't really been borne out in results. I mean, they're 10th in even strength coursey this season. Um, but you, you have to actually put it together. And we've talked so many times about, they were absolutely, in a territorial sense they were as good as wisconsin in a territorial yeah. sense they were as good as michigan state they yep. have played michigan state 90 yep. of 120 minutes yep. you have to actually win the games yeah. <laughs> that is kind of <laughs> what at some point it uh it that kind of stuff becomes less interesting very
0: herm edwards of you yeah
1: so um now we'll see what they can what they can do, and kind of, can they put it all together? I mean, here's the one thing I think is that they've really been hurt by the fact that they actually play in a good conference.
0: Uh, you mean like where it's just tough to get splits? I mean, where it's tough to get sweeps?
1: It, it's a conference where you have to at least show up to get sweeps. Yeah, that they, like they're not in a con- they're in a conference where if you just fall asleep for 30 minutes of a game, you know.
0: Regardless of who you play.
1: Doesn't matter who you play. Yeah. Even Ohio State, these yeah. teams that we think are conventionally bad, they're, they're still middle of the road in pairwise. These yeah. are solid teams. They don't play in the ECAC, where yeah. you don't have to have a pulse for three-quarters of the of the weeks you play. Like, they are in a in a league that is tough, top to bottom. And your mistakes and your slumps will go punished at all times. And they have been.
0: All right. Well, there were other games that were played around college hockey that are, you know, I don't know if they're relevant to Michigan. I suppose we thought they were. Hopefully they will continue to be in the future, but we can go over them. Um, our buddies in South Dakota, Augustana, were inferior to the largest Great Lake, 3-0, to zero, but then superiored the Lakers on Saturday. So they play Lake State. They... L- lose 3-0 and they win 3-0. So now do they have to, like, play for a seventh goal or is the series just 3-3?
1: Uh I think it's just 3-3. Okay.
0: Is that a little disappointing? <laughs> Shouldn't there be a ceremonial shootout or something at yeah. the end of it? Maybe For bragging rights. For bragging rights. Uh, Providence ties BU 2-2. Two two. Not bad for Providence. Uh, and then they lose 5-2 in Boston the next night. Uh, Providence... Still ahead of Michigan in pairwise, getting a tie off of b u s not the worst thing in the world
1: no
0: UMass gets walloped by b c at home five to one and then they played on Sunday and I did not write down the score. I think it was six to four b c they lost twice i think UMass uh if i my glancings were correct, they are one spot ahead of Michigan at fifteenth, so they are right there. We're gonna need UMass to Lose a few more Minuteman battles, I guess. Is that the right historical context? Yeah,
1: I, we published a rooting guide from Peter uh, last week, right before the, the weekend. And Michigan got nothing they wanted this weekend.
0: <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> Including a win on Saturday. Yeah,
1: it was it, was it was bad. Disastrous <laughs> yeah. from the rooting guide sense.
0: Uh, uh, Lindenwood loses to Anchorage 5-3 to three, uh, in St. Louis. And then uh, they lost 3-0. So, you know what? I wanted to look at Anchorage. Anchorage has some road wins. Now, okay, Lindenwood isn't, like, you know, the biggest deal. But it's still going... Anchorage
1: has strung together a couple solid seasons
0: in a row. They won at Lake State. They won at Penn State. They won at Wisconsin. They won at Providence. And now they've swept Lindenwood. Like, I don't know if this is a program or if it's just kind of They seem competent or
1: becoming competent. Yeah.
0: So... Good for uh, AA. Yeah. Um, the St. Cloud Clouds uh, had a bye, so we don't get to make any more Columbo Nimbus jokes <laughs> this week. Stonehill uh, assumed the impossible and beat it. Do you know who I'm referring to? You previewed this last week. Uh, no, not off the Assumption top. Assumption College. Assumption, right, that's so right. So they're like, what, D6, five. I, I don't think know. Three. Is it three? I think
1: they're a D3 score
0: Okay, something like that. So they got a win, but it doesn't they count. They won three to one. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now we get to the Big Ten scores. Uh, hey, they've won two in a row. <laughs> don't let them get hot. <laughs> we'll have to break up the stones. <laughs> we'll start rolling. Uh-oh. Uh, Ohio State and Wisconsin. Um, Peter and I had this on a little bit before the, before the Michigan game on uh friday um but uh they the buckeye's badgered wisconsin in overtime 3 to 2 um and i think they were even on a penalty kill in overtime and killed it off and then scored before the shootout to take two of the three points you know that's not good for Wisconsin. Like no, we you talked about, talk about, about
1: disastrous weekends. Yeah. Wisconsin's was almost as bad as Michigan's.
0: Well, and then they lost three to one to Ohio State the next night. So they scored three goals against Ohio State. I mean, this
1: was MSU, I believe, was on break this weekend. Right? Yes. So this was their opportunity to, you know, get, well, and they
0: drew the team in seventh place in the Big and Ten. In
1: seventh place in the Big Ten, and just fumbled it away.
0: Yeah. Uh, it looks, well, I mean, they still do host Michigan state right on yeah. that last weekend. So, I mean, they probably hold that particular Trump card in their hand, but, um, this was a major missed opportunity, yeah. I believe for Wisconsin. Uh, and then the other series was Minnesota and Notre Dame and the Irish, uh, Blitzkrieg Minnesota on Friday, six to one. Uh, what? <laughs> first of all, first of all. Is Notre Dame allowed to score six goals uh, in a hockey game? Apparently this time. And secondly, like, what is that from Minnesota? Are they just not as good this it hasn't,
1: year? No, it has not been a particularly per- impressive season for Minnesota. They,
0: they did come back the next night and win an overtime 3-2. to That was a bit tighter of a game. Yep. Um, I think Notre Dame actually had the lead 2-1 to at some point, and Minnesota came back and tied it, and then won it late, I guess, on senior night, which... Uh, Bummer for the Irish, but, um, so that, so you go, what, four points to Notre Dame, two to Minnesota. I don't even know, you know, I don't know what benefits Michigan there. Uh, I think beating Penn state benefits Michigan and they didn't do that. So it's just kind of what it is at this point. Yep. Um, so Notre Dame comes to Yost this weekend upcoming, uh, they were going to play eight o'clock on Friday. And then 6.30 on Saturday, that's a little bit better. Uh, but both are on actual BTN. Yep. So no more BTN minus unless uh, we we draw BTN minus in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Other than that, I believe as far as Michigan goes the rest of the year, they should be on uh, actual television. If you are so inclined <laughs> to stop watching the basketball uh-huh. loses and watch... You the, might not be that. In, you
1: might not be that inclined.
0: Might not be, um, but we'll talk a little bit about Notre Dame real quick here at the end. They are twenty-first in pairwise, which is basically feels like a uh, um, number of other Big Ten teams. <laughs> They're eight. Uh, I didn't write down their Corsi, which is probably not super high because no, they I, are Notre Dame. The and past two
1: years, it's been pretty, is generally pretty bad, especially. Let me look.
0: Not. What they are. I will move on while you look that up. Um, 18% on the power play, which is uh, it's okay. It's not great. 84% penalty kill, though, was pretty good. I think that you would even
1: strength is towards the middle, 38th.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, that's not good. No, that's not particularly good. But
1: <laughs> there was a at one point they were like below, like they were like I think last
0: year they were near the bottom ten. Yeah. It was yeah. Um. They have nine drafted skaters, but really only Danny Nelson, a freshman, in the second round. He is having a, a nice little season for them. And they have two skaters scoring at over points per game, Nelson being the one. Who's the other one, Alex?
1: Mm, one of the Sligers. Yes, which one? I don't know. Landon. Landon, okay. He has
0: 18 goals in 32 games.
1: Yeah, he's done all the scoring for them.
0: Yeah, so the, he... There's So he has 18 goals. Cole Knubel, a freshman, and Trevor Janicki, uh, another Notre Dame name for you, both have nine, and then Nelson and Patrick Moynihan have eight. Bavaro has seven, and that's, like, it. So they have a bunch of guys that are under 10, and then one guy that's probably going to get 20, maybe 25, depending how far Notre Dame goes this year. Yeah. So... Couple guys to circle that you can keep out of shooting range if possible for Michigan. But they it's not a big depth year for them. They have they have basically two guys that that are scoring at a decent clip. Um and then they also have like probably the best goalie in the big time. <laughs> He's been a big
1: part of their success. So
0: uh Ryan Bishop is pretty awesome. His save percentage is nine two nine and his GAA is two point four three. So my issue is I don't even know why we're pre- previewing this because both of these teams just scream sweep. I'm sorry, split. I've been mixing those words up all day. Uh, it just feels like one of the teams is going to come out on Friday and look really, really good. And you're going to be like, uh Oh, well that team's going to walk away with it. And then the roles are going to be reversed. And in the end, you're not really going to know anything. Um, I, I, It would be great if Michigan were able to sweep them. I think that they're certainly capable of it. Um, But it just does not feel like that's something that Michigan does, at least this year. No. And we've all – we just – other than that Ohio State series, we've just kind of been waiting for it. It hasn't really come. And this feels like a split, but I guess it could go any direction. Yep. So – Uh, It feels like both teams are basically behind the eight ball, as they they're both going to need to close it out. This is Notre Dame's last regular season series, so they're off the last weekend. So they're unless they sweep, and even if they do, they probably also need to win the quarterfinal series. And there is a really good chance that these two teams play two week two times in three weekends. I mean, somebody pretty good chance. Somebody could catch Minnesota, Michigan could
1: It'd be hard for Notre Dame to
0: catch them. Michigan, yeah.
1: if they swept
0: If they go 4-0 Yes. Could catch Minnesota. Yes. And pass them. Yes. In fact, they may not have to go 4-0. Uh, They'd have to almost go 4-0. Yeah,
1: 5-1 and one in the point split with Minnesota that yeah, last week. They would, I need, I think, they they would need a lot. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so Third is somehow still on the table. I don't understand that, but um, <laughs> I guess you you get the right games at the right times in terms of matchups. So, uh, but first they need to win Friday at Yost. Something that Michigan's not done historically well in the last since what the Red era. <laughs> if then, Notre Dame has
1: been a thorn in the side for a while now as, at Yost, especially at Yost. Especially at Yost at Yost, it's. I don't know why it's... <laughs> I don't understand it either. <laughs> Especially the number of years now that it's been the
0: last home weekend at Yoast. Like senior day. Yeah, I you just uh, lose on senior uh, day every year to wrong Notre with Dame. That, that alone
1: yeah. is a reason that Like to- why are they scheduling that? Tony Petiti should be <laughs> fired just for that alone.
0: Because <laughs> he probably even knows what hockey is. Yeah. He, He's not even aware that they play hockey in the
1: Big Ten. He does the scheduling himself.
0: <laughs> That's his one thing. <laughs> He's just like, give me the hockey the Big Ten hockey team. He sits in the office with all the schedules. When is Michigan basketball those. playing? I'm gonna like <laughs> schedule at the same time. Yeah. Which has actually been a blessing this year, as we thought was a curse.
1: NikeCast 6.16 for Alex Drain and David Nasternak. Hopefully we will be discussing the curse of Notre Dame at Yost being lifted next week.